Welcome to your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick. I'm Bob Codges. It's another Trilogy Tuesday. This week, our trio is focused on the all-important family. Those who listen to The Dose regularly know that Nick and I are always dragging our families and family issues and discoveries into our podcast. We'd probably do this a lot less if our families all tuned into the show. So while most of them are still blissfully ignorant, enjoy this trilogy all about them. How did you feel when you first became a dad? Uh, like an idiot. Like I, <laughs> I was not prepared in any way. There was nothing that could have prepared me. I started doing that thing where, oh my God, everything my dad and my mom said is correct. And I didn't appreciate them properly. Ah, you know, the, the usual stuff. Like why, uh, there was some amount of why did I do this? When are they going to invent time machines? That sort of thing as well. <laughs> it's, you're never completely prepared for it, right? This is, yeah. that's the way that it goes. And uh, I heard a quote the other day, I forget who said it, that said that, uh, that great people do things before they're ready. And, oh, there you go. And it's not that you're, we are great people for having kids before we felt like we were ready for them, but at, there's no instruction manual with them. And so right. we all screw them up. I don't know of a single parent who did it perfectly or is doing it perfectly. And those who are trying are the most frustrated and unhappy ones out there. So it's like, find your peace with figuring this stuff out. I was terrified when my first baby was born. I, I was beside myself not understanding exactly how to do it. But I had an awesome partner who was more insightful than I am and who loved that baby so much and helped me, loved me enough to teach me what she learned and everything turned out okay. That kid yeah. is now going to be 30 this year. Dun, dun, oh, wow. dun. I know, right? Crazy. I, the other thing that struck me having babies uh, and even to this day is they're just designed poorly. <laughs> like how are they designed so poorly that they need that much protection and that much care for that long it's like giving birth Just to a steak on the serengeti right it's like silly. With the, i think they're maybe the most helpless babies in all the animal kingdom uh, it's pretty close like yeah. at least horses can come out an hour later they can walk yeah <laughs> right right that's amazing to me that unto itself but not babies man i tried to get mine to walk the day that she was born and it was a mess yeah it was just when you can't like guilt them into it or shame them into it either because they don't even understand language yet <laughs> so what you tools... can't be like hey a baby horse could walk by now <laughs> do you think shaman works on other baby animals i, I don't think so that's that's hilarious that you would try to shame a baby yep. just, just for the experiment of it. Hey, could it work? Just to try, just <laughs> to see. I mean, I'm sure they were shaming me. Shame is a pretty big motivator in the Greek culture. So, Oh, shame as a motivator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know something? I kind of don't believe in shame. And when I say it, I believe in embarrassment, but I think shame is embarrassment on steroids. And it, I mean, shame will rip you out of a community. Shame will make someone drink themselves to death. Shame, you know, it's a, it's a harsh thing. It's name a, name an instance where you feel like shame has contributed something positive to society. I mean, I think we could talk about, I, I don't think it's necessarily positive, but if you were to go out right now when we're all under the stay at home order, and without a mask, uh, maybe coughing, 
Yeah. You know, what is the reaction that you would get from other people? And would that, those looks or somebody saying something, would that, and maybe shame isn't the right word, but yeah. would that cause you to rethink what you're doing? Well, and th- I think this is the question. Shaming to me is when you look at them and you give a look that says, I disapprove of you, right? But there's another way. And that other way is to say, hey, please go put a mask on. We're trying to all be safe right now. And right now you're risking yourself and everybody else. I care about you as much as I do the people that you're risking. Please go put a mask on. You know, that's a that's a way and that's a shame-free way. In fact, I'm going to promote this, a shame-free world. Let's just okay. say no shame. You know, it'd be a shame if you felt shame. And I hope you feel the same because this is no game. I'm saying it could be a wrap too. I mean, I'm going to maybe talk to Kanye about it because I think, I think he could pull it off. It's definitely not lame. <laughs> That's the extent to which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rhyme. That's, <laughs> hey, you contributed one in the improv world. That's a success. I think whales, whales might be smarter than us. I think all logic says that they have to be. Because those brains, right, have, they're huge. Now, you say, well, but think of the proportion of the body to the brain, right? But sure. they're huge in water, which completely, like, eliminates the whole size of the body argument because they can float through that water like a crane floats through the sky. So, so I think whales. And I also learned from my daughter that a whale can put out a sound that would literally melt your organs. The intensity is so high in the water that they can make noises that kill us. And they've chosen not to, uh, which I think is kind of interesting as well. She's a, she's a whale freak, by the way, my daughter. She is bona fide crazy about whales, sperm whales in particular. She, uh, she loves all sea life. She's a biologist. Uh, okay. And, but she's going for her master's now uh, in zoology. And the sperm whale is, is the thing right now. So I'm learning a little bit more about that wonderful creature than most people really need to know. That's fantastic. How do you guys uh, interact like when it comes to that stuff? Does she just start sending you things? Do you like reach out to her and ask you like what's the latest whale trivia? Uh, you know something I would, wouldn't be insightful enough to ask specifically about whales. Uh, yeah. But she she did send me something about uh, a um, it's called a a bone eating snot flower. I'm not kidding, people. Look it up. Bone-eating snot flower that are found inside whales that eat a whale from the inside out and literally cause the cadaver of a whale to collapse in on itself. They eat the bones and everything else. And my daughter sent me pictures of this and an article about it because she was so in love with this animal, this creature. And I have to be honest with you. When she falls in love with a creature, I get a little bit of love for it too. I'm not as into sperm whales as she is right now, but that <laughs> that bone-eating snot flower, that was a thing. Well, that's the you share that passion, right? Like when you're talking to somebody who's truly passionate about something, and that kind of goes back to meeting somebody new, yeah, who maybe has this crazy is into something that you you didn't consider before. Like it's not 
uh, flowers. <laughs> is that what it was? Bone eating snot flowers. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a while. To oh, get and that. that's the uh, that's from the whale fall, right? So after they die and they fall to the bottom of the ocean, yes. that's where every piece and part of that whale is used by the sea life that's down there. Nick, you astound me with the stuff that you know just already in your head. That's yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. She was doing a lot of studies of um, of different fish and, and sea life at the very bottom of the yeah. sea. She loves angler fish. Those are the ones that yeah. look like they have like the little light hanging over the front of their face, but they've got these incredible yep. sharp teeth uh, and they look really alien. Well, and this is the thing with this this person in my life. She loves things that are radically different and she gravitates toward them. She is herself radically different, but she inspires me when she talks about it because she's so into it. And you're right. When someone's really into something, man, it's, you just want to be around them. You want to listen to them to a, a point. There are obsessive people as well. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, like who's, who's someone in your life that when they start talking about what they love, you're like, I just, it's like listening to music. Uh, my daughter actually, um, you know, the few times right now when she talks about stuff, but so I try to introduce her to new things and then she'll take it to a different level. She'll explore in a different way. So one of those right now is this podcast called welcome to night Vale, And it's a really neat one. I don't know if you've heard it before, but no. the premise is you're hearing a radio transmission. Every episode is a radio transmission from the community radio station in this alternate universe town called night vale wow. so everything's a little bit spookier everything's a little bit more eerie it's fun but it's also got this element of horror to it wow. and as a 13 year old she glommed onto it really well cool it's like so it's like dark shadows of our days yeah yeah almost exactly yeah and uh so she i i got her i found a book because my son was into it for a while beforehand so I got her uh, the book, the first book, so she started talking to me about it. And those are just the the best conversations to have. You know, you get to live, especially if you know the thing, you get to live it through somebody else's eyes. Yeah. And so that's something that's really compelling to me. I love it. So have you ever had like an epic fail where you tried to introduce something to either of your kids and they're like, no, I am not going to ever be into that. A couple of things. I think it was, I, I think Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for my son. <laughs> I knew you liked that. And Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, it's such a great book. And it introduced, I think, for me, this idea that you could have humor and sci-fi meet together and it do really well. Yeah. Because that, that was just an alien concept, no pun intended to me yeah. at that time. Buckaroo Banzai is an example of that, too. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no interest in that. They really have no interest in anything that I want to do now. Like I used to plan out, our weekends were planned out from Friday afternoon to Sunday evening. So I would look at like all the different calendars, what's going on, what's free, what museum is doing a family day, we could go do that, and then we'll go here. And we had our little rituals dad. too. That's that's good yeah. parenting, man. So Oh yeah. But But no matter how cool you are, no matter yeah. how magical you treat your kids, when you're, especially when your kids become tweens and teens, we become dorks. 
We become yeah. we become their foils because I, I was the coolest dad in the world, and my kids were like, "Yeah, dork." <laughs> you know, I, I was a chaperone at their schools because I could do that because I was a free man. Am a free man, and uh, and so I was present <laughs> a lot, which probably created a weird feeling for them at times. But I have to tell you something: it's a it's it's an amazing thing to be able to mess with your kids' lives <laughs> in any way. Well, you and want. they. Like what I'm learning from you and from other people is they are going to go through that, right? No matter what you do, they're going to need to separate. Oh, yeah. But a lot of times they come back. Like you're learning from your daughter about whales. Yeah. Oh, no. And th- guess what? This is a, the time of their lives that they're changing yeah. and they need to be able to eject. And if they can't break out of your atmosphere, then they have to live with you for the rest of your life, which I'm sure you don't want. And and so <laughs> they have to muster the energy sometimes in the form of anger, sometimes in the form of rejection, sometimes in the form of grabbing onto anything that's not you to get out of your atmosphere. And then once they are, what you're going to realize is, oh, it feels a little better to have them out of my atmosphere for a little while so you can figure out where you're at and they figure out where they're at and then you rejoin as the adults that you are. <laughs> it's, it's and a, hopefully still have some shared interests. You, and you will because you have this incredible history, <laughs> right? There's nobody that has the history that you guys do with each other. And, uh, and I think that's really a, a magical thing. My dad has trouble expressing affection and so a lot of times it was presence so for example I went from a private school that I was doing pretty well in you know K through sixth grade uh, and at the time there was a junior high uh, there was a junior high and a senior high so junior high was seventh through ninth and senior high was tenth or uh, sorry uh, seventh through tenth and then senior oh, no yeah. no no Whatever, 7th through ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th was senior high. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. I had junior high school too. It wasn't a middle school. Yeah, cool. yeah. No middle school at the time. And the first semester there, I got straight A's. So he bought me a windsurfer. A wind? I had never oh. expressed any interest in it. I think I tried surfing at one point, but I was much better at boogie boarding. So wait, no, is this like a, like a, a sailboard? A sailboard, wind, yeah. That's, wow. yeah. A windsurf board, however you, like, I don't even know how to describe it because guess how often I used it. Right, right. But you were in middle school when he gave you this? Uh, yeah, so I would have been 13. Wow. Wow. So I was like, oh, this is okay. <laughs> did you, did you live what on a lake? Or here? No, <laughs> no, we were even, and we lived farther away from the beach than we did when I was, we'd moved to, uh. A different location. We were right by the beach before, and now we're farther away. So this, this, what did this like windsurfer fall off a truck, or like someone just go, "Hey, you want a windsurfer?" Uh, yeah, I think it was one of those things. It was probably a hot windsurfer. Like I'm glad <laughs> I never used it and got pulled over by the windsurfing police. That's it. Your dad's a windsurfing fence. That's hilarious. That is, it but that's an odd. That's an odd gift, unsolicited. Odd. Right? Yeah, and when I was younger. It was a lot of, you know, I would cut my arm off for you. Oh, oh, like, oh that's not oh, my dad. Why? Like, what? <laughs> First of all, don't tell a child that. Second of all, what possible scenario are you in 
that you would have to cut a limb off for your child. I think it's probably, yeah. Offering you to eat it, maybe. Right, okay, you know, all in right. In the apocalypse, you know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, all right, that's not a bad that, one. That yeah. is a funny thing. I still want to know how you reacted when you got the windsurfer. Like, because it was so unexpected that I can't imagine you were like, all right, dad, this is awesome. Yeah, no, it's a 13-year-old into comic books, into movies, into books. I, yeah. I mean, again, I'd go to the beach and do stuff. So how did you respond when you were given this incredible gift? I of- think I, I was excited at first because I was 13. I'm sure I was thinking in my head, well, I can, I can reinvent myself now. I can be the windsurfing guy. <laughs> At 13 years I old. I love it. Because I've tried all these other things at this point. None, I've tried none of <laughs> no. none of the things. And that's such a big leap, though. It's like, it's such a big, it's like, in, instead of asking if you're interested in band, bringing home a tuba. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and just handing it to you. Hey, you're going to start big, you know? So I remember getting it out. I think I got it out once on, on the lawn just to see what it was like. <laughs> on the lawn. And it was mass. There was no way I could hold this thing up as a 13 year old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So eventually ended up at the gift shop. It ended up in like as a little display thing. And then he sold it later on. <laughs> wow. So it was always. And so it kind of encouraged me not to get straight A's anymore. That wow. The counter incentive of the right? windsurfer. Because <laughs> what was I going to get next semester? <laughs> Wow. Like, no, no, thank you. Lessons in demotivation. A set? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Where am I going to put that? <laughs> that's and that's why Nick dropped out of school. Yep, that's it. <laughs> I oh, just boy. can't take these rewards anymore. Hey, it's Nick. Thank you so much for listening. Families aren't easy. They're not always fun. They don't always understand or appreciate you. They always seem to know exactly what buttons to push and how to push them. I kind of forget where I was going with this. So let me end it on a quote from Johnny Rose of Schitt's Creek. We're hit parents, and that comes at a price. Truer words were never spoken. Have a great day.